0: As well. It is hard, isn't it, to get to know everybody by name. And it is embarrassing. You say, Hello, what's your name? How long have you been here? And they say, Been coming here. Are you new? And they say, I've been coming 30 years. And you say, I've been coming 30 years as well. And then you find out that you're related. It's all those things like that. <laughs> so where the badge. Please we're going to do this for the first Sunday of no, the last Sunday of the month. As Bob said, this is a trial run just to get used to it. And it will be a reminder. Each time we do it, that actually we, it's not about us, is it? We, it's about other people. Keep us outward looking. We're a mission, a church with a mission. We want people to come and join us. We want people who maybe feel differently and, and maybe feel alone to come. And uh, have I gone off? So, okay, so I'll just keep talking. So we, we want that to happen. We, we want to be a church like that. So I just encourage you to enter into the spirit of this. I think I'll put this one on. Let's turn this off and enter into the spirit of it. Uh, so, thank you for doing that, and we'll do that the last Sunday of the, of the month, which is, I think, is it two weeks, three weeks' time, anyone, anyway, whatever it is. And we're going to do it until the end of this year, okay? And we'll see what we'll see what to do after that. So, there's about five, I think, five Sundays when we'll be doing this. Let's let's come to this morning's uh, passage. We're going to look at Matthew chapter eight you want to turn to that, you've got a Bible, Always good, I think, to turn to scriptures together. I know it will be on the screen, but if you can get hold of a Bible, it's good to search the scriptures. This has been something that's been on my mind for a while now, and I've been thinking about it, and I'm sure that God's laid it on my heart because it's a, it's a message for all of us, but I do believe as well it will be a message for some particularly and maybe in the situation that you're facing it'd be a personal word to you Um, that's why I feel God's laid it on my heart as well so let's read Matthew chapter 8 verse 18 now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him he gave a command to depart to the other side Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, him, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? In Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass, Alice finds herself on a chessboard and is introduced to the White Queen. And the Queen said to Alice, Let's consider your age to begin with. How old are you? I'm seven and a half exactly, said Alice. You needn't say exactly, the queen remarked. I can believe it without that. Now, I'll give you something to believe. I'm just 101 five months and a day. You can't believe that, said Alice. Can't you, said the queen, in a pitying tone? Try again. Draw a long breath And shut your eyes. Alice laughed. There's no use trying, she said. One can't believe impossible things. The Queen said, I dare say you haven't had much practice. When I was your age, I always did it for half an hour a day. Why? Sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. How's your faith? I mean, can you believe as many as six impossible things before breakfast? You say, well, we're not living in Alice in Wonderland uh, type of world. We're living in the real world. But Jesus looked at his disciples in the situation they were in. And he expected them to do something impossible by faith. In uh, Luke's account of this uh, incident, after stilling the storm, that the, which was threatened to, to, to overwhelm this fishing boat that they were in, and drowned them all, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, where is your faith? As though he was expecting them to do what he did and still that storm by faith. He expected them to exercise faith to meet an impossible situation. Jesus was always seeking to stir the disciples up To new faith. Just as God is seeking us. Seeking to stir in you and me. Our faith. And he's seeking us to grow in faith. So I want to look at this passage under two headings. The first is the calm and the storm. And then secondly the the point will be the attitude and the act. So first of all the calm and the storm. Jesus is looking for faith in our lives, in the calm, and in the storm. If if the disciples had one problem, it's this. They had plenty of faith for the calm, but they didn't have much faith for the storm. When the storm came, Jesus said to them, why are you faithful? Why are you fearful? Or oh, you of little faith. And four times in the gospel, Jesus spoke to the disciples those same words. This is one of them, but there were four altogether. And he said to them, O oh, you of little faith. In fact, it was, it was just the day before he said the same thing to them on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6 and verse 30. It's interesting. We probably are familiar with this saying these sayings of Jesus but probably not aware of what happened at the end or what he said at the end because Jesus said now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you O you of little faith so it's like a sting in the tail isn't it don't don't you know God's going to provide all that you need O you of little faith it's it's pretty clear that the disciples were worrying you know they were they were anxious about where their food was going to come from where their their clothes were going to come from jesus had said look follow me leave everything behind you leave your family leave your bis- business leave your security you're going to have nowhere to sleep nowhere to lay down your head but don't worry Oh, that's fine then. We'll follow you, you know. Don't worry. God will provide everything. He clothes the grass. He, clothes the, he makes the lovely flowers. He'll provide everything. So it's, it's little wonder they had trouble believing that. You know, they were... Where were they going to get the money? Where were they going to... How were they going to get money to clothe themselves? So it seems to me they had no problem believing God for their clothes when they had clothes. And when they had money plenty of money, they, they believe God in the calm. But what about the storm? When their resources were suddenly taken away, that's when they struggled to believe God. I mean, anybody can believe God for their clothes when all we've got to do is open the wardrobe and there's hundreds of them. Or when I, I can believe God for my food when I can open the fridge and it's full. What about when we don't have anything? And we can't see where it's going to come from. That's what these disciples were facing. You know, they didn't have any jobs. Now they didn't have any resources. Where was it going to come from? And their faith ran out. And they couldn't believe. They were worrying. They were fearful. Fearful and worriers. Joe was a compulsive worrier. He was known to his friends as a worrier. And he always had that furrowed brow and stooped shoulders as if the whole world was upon him. One day his friends met him, his friend met him rather, and he found him singing, great smile on his face, without a care in the world, and his friend couldn't believe it. And he said, Joe, what's happened? You don't seem to be worrying about anything. And Joe said, it's wonderful. I haven't worried about anything for a week. How have you managed it? Asked his friend. "Ah," said Joe. I've hired someone else to do all the worrying for me. His friend said, I've never heard of that before. How much does he charge, Joe said, about a thousand pounds a week. His friend said, how on earth can you find money for that? Joe said, I don't know, that's his worry. (laughs) A widow was, was telling her story, true story, to a reporter about how she managed to raise a huge family. And her, her family included six of her own children, 12 adopted children. They'd all grown up, and they'd grown up to be fine men and women. And answering his question as to the secret of her success, she replied, I manage so well because I'm in partnership. Now intrigued, the reporter asked what she meant, and the woman replied, well, many years ago I said to God, Lord... I'll do the work and you do the worrying. And she said, I haven't had an anxious day since. Someone who'd learned to trust God for everything. I'll do the work, God. You do the worrying. The disciples hadn't got there yet. So just a few days later, we come to Matthew 8. So they're in the boat. The storm's all around them, the boat looks as though it's sinking, these are hardened fishermen, so they knew what was happening, and they were panicking Jesus is sleeping through it, so they shake him they wake him up, and they said, Lord save us, for we're perishing we're going to drown, and he said to them, why are you fearful Oh, you of little faith, there it is, again So they could believe God as long as the waves were calm, as long as the sea was calm, as long as it was all nice and peaceful in the calm. As soon as a storm came, their faith deserted them. You know that faith, their faith only stretched so far so long as they could see a solution. So long as they could see you know, sort of a, a human way out, they were okay, they had great faith. And then they took that away. And they began to worry. That's what happened to Peter. I was thinking of Peter stepping out of the boat. Remember that on that situation where Jesus said, "Come out of the boat." and, and Peter obeyed, stepped out, started to walk. His faith had grown by that time. so and he began to walk on the water, and then his eyes and mind went off Jesus. The howling wind and the effects of the wind, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And it, it, you can turn to it if you want to, but it's Matthew 14, 31. It says, Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Peter says, I've, I've trusted you, Lord, for this. And now you're saying, Oh, you of little faith. Because Jesus was wanting him to grow in his faith for the storm for the the worst parts that he had to face. As soon as he realized he was out of depth, out of his depth, (laughs) in more ways than one, his faith deserted him. No human solution, and he struggled. What does this teach us? It teaches us that little faith is the kind of faith that believes God in in the calm when everything's fine. Or when you've got things in your hand, when when you've got your own resources, things to fall back on. That's little faith. Great faith says, I believe God, though there's nothing in the cupboard. I believe God, though I don't have any clothing. Little faith runs out when you don't have any resources. Great faith says, I believe God without anything in my hand. I believe God in the middle of the storm. I believe God though though everything is howling around me, the storm's howling. That's the real test of faith. When we have to believe God when there's nothing else to save us. Now, most of us are really God, really good at the little faith, right? That's, that's, that's natural, isn't it? Faith for the calm. But we're not so good at the great faith, the faith in the storm. Jesus is looking to grow your faith and my faith. He's looking for faith for both the calm and the storm. How can we do that? How can we grow? What's God's way to help us grow our faith for both the calm and the storm? Well, this is the second point The attitude and the act. The attitude and the act. Both the attitude and the act of faith are both essential elements in our Christian walk of faith. Say it again. Both the attitude of faith and the act of faith are essential elements. To what it means to live by faith. And in uh, that passage we read in Matthew 8. We see both those. The attitude and the act. Displayed in a way. Or demonstrated. It's a great picture. Certainly there's the attitude of faith. You could see that. It's a picture of Jesus. is asleep in the boat. Resting in God. While the storm's going around. He's, He's resting in God. He's trusting in God. He's relying on God. In that situation, but it was only when he acted in faith and confronted that situation by faith that the storm was stilled. So the attitude of faith did not change his circumstances, but the act did. When he exercised, when he took that step and acted out that faith. It's a picture to me, and both are essential if we're going to live by faith. Now, there are some Christians, some of us, we're really strong on the acts of faith, if you like. You know, we're really strong when it comes to fighting the battles, when we're raising the shield of faith, you know, declaring that victory in our, in our uh, situation, in Jesus' name, taking the battle to the enemy. and uh, the, the, There are some Christians who are great on that, but they're not so strong on having that attitude of faith, because that takes more discipline. The attitude of faith takes more consistency of resting in God, of, of, of committing things to God, of, of just enjoying that presence of God, and having your quiet time, and all of those things. There are some who are great with the acts, but not so good on the attitude. And there are others of us who are strong on having the attitude of faith. You know, we're spiritually steady, we're trusting in God, we bring things to God, we're, we're walking with God in that sense. There's a peace that we experience, but we're not so strong on exercising the act of faith. Taking hold of the authority that we have in Christ, taking the battle to the enemy. And exercising in faith, in Jesus' name, his victory in that circumstance. His victory in our lives. But to live by faith and to grow in faith means exercising both the attitude and the act. Because out of the attitude comes the act. There are times when an act of faith is required of us. As important as that attitude is, the attitude of faith, that wasn't enough to quell the storm. That wasn't enough to sort out the issue, to face that thing that we're facing. Sometimes God asks more of us to stir up our faith. To take hold of him, to defeat the enemy, to stand on the promises of God. Martin Luther explained that faith is not something that is merely passive. It's not something, he says, that lies still, snoring, and sleeping in the soul. In other words, there are times when we have to be stirred to take that act of faith and exercise the gift of faith that God has given us. The act of faith means praying with faith. You say, don't we always pray with faith? No. Otherwise, James wouldn't have said what he said. James 1, verse 5 to 8 said, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. We always need to come, when we pray, we need to come with faith in God and in God's promises. Spurgeon said this, Prayer cannot draw down answers from God's throne, except it be the earnest prayer of the man who believes. Prayer cannot draw down answers from God's throne, except it be the earnest prayer of the man who believes. Believes what God says. Believes what Christ said. Look at the thing of those promises, beautiful promises of Jesus. Jesus. Now this is the confidence, this is in John, 1 John rather, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. How's your faith? And my faith? A little girl who's Sunday school, a little girl was in a Sunday school class and they'd been encouraged to write to missionaries. But it was clear the teacher had told them that missionaries were very busy people and might not have time to write back. Because when the missionary opened the letter, he read this, Dear Reverend Smith, we are writing to we are writing to you to let you know that we are praying for you. We are not expecting an answer. (laughs) But without realizing it, she'd summed up what many of us are like sometimes as Christians. We need to believe that God will answer our prayers. Unbelieving prayer is a waste of time. Some of you may have heard of Simon Gilbord. He... uh, There's a missionary out in Burundi. sometimes quoted him. I've got a great book. It's a devotional book by his. And this is, uh, came across this. And he comments on this great text in Jeremiah. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And he sort of reflects on his own prayer life. And this is what he says at the end of this devotional on that. He says, maybe I should decide to call out more loudly boldly and persistently so that God will show me great and mighty things of which I do not know maybe I'll pray bigger prayers as I'm naturally inclined to pray little ones maybe I'll pray more risky prayers as I'm all too good at offering up qualified petitions couched in religious verbiage to lessen my disappointment if my will isn't done Maybe I'll I'll pray more specific prayers as I'm an expert at vague ones which are hard to see whether they've been answered or not. Maybe I'll pray more uncomfortable and dangerous prayers in case I've set the bar at a safe height and I'm missing out on more lofty exploits for God's glory. Well, I identify with that. I want to pray more. I want to pray greater prayers, Not beyond my faith, but I want to be stretching my faith. So Jesus comes and he says to us, where is your faith? God wants us to live by faith, not by sight. This isn't, you know, this isn't just talking about the, the, the big things in life where we feel you know, we, perhaps we're better at that than the little things. Actually, this is about every day living, exercising those acts of faith during the day. He wants us to grow in our attitude of faith, resting, trusting, walking, feeding our soul. But he wants us to grow in our acts of faith. Meeting by faith every situation we, we face. Exercising our faith for people to be saved. You praying for somebody? Have you kept on praying? Have you kept on, kept on, kept on, keeping on praying? In faith, it's hard, isn't it? Keep that faith up. It's a well-known story, but it's worth repeating about George Muller great man of faith, renowned for his faith, founded the orphanages. And and, uh, if I remember right, over 10,000 orphans were actually looked after in these orphanages that were run by faith. God supplied the need. And he began to pray for a group of five non-Christian friends. And after five years of praying, one of them came to faith. Five years. After 10 years, two of them came to faith, two more, they became Christians. He prayed for 25 years, and the fourth man was saved. And for the fifth, he prayed and prayed, and eventually George Muller died. And the fifth friend came to Christ a few months later. That's 52 years he prayed, believing, trusting God. Keeping going. Believing God and praying isn't just saying, right, I pray, that's it now. It's praying with faith. Keeping on praying. Trusting God. Pray. So the act of faith. Pray for that situation in faith that you perhaps you're struggling with. You're battling with. Maybe that situation that you face and it's, it's wearing you down. Acts of faith. Pray. You're in the storm. Pray in faith. Pray believingly that God would deliver you from that anxious mind. Those worries. That worried heart. That you battle with. Or with those, maybe it's doubts that you, that you struggle with. Pray believing that God would deliver you from those things. Pray over those habits. It might be an eating habit. Smoking habit. Sin, some maybe sinful habit, maybe lustful thoughts. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's, it's a battle. Pray believing. Trust God. Let that act of faith rise up. You need to stand on God's word and pray with faith. Pray that God would deliver maybe some addiction, maybe something that you're struggling with. Seems to grip you. Praying faith. Pray that God would provide the money that you need or maybe to get you out of debt. Whatever it is, pray in faith. Trust God. Pray believingly that God would change that person's attitude that you struggle with to get on with so much. Pray in faith or pray that God would change your attitude towards them. It's about believing God for great things. Being expected. So friends, let's grow. Let's seek to grow in the faith attitude and the faith acts. So that our faith will be strong in the calm and in the storm. Because that's walking by faith. And when we do that, God will be glorified in our lives. Let's pray. In a moment, I'm going to after I've prayed, I'm going to ask. Well, ask the band to come up the, and we're just going to go into some worship songs. I'm not going to pray after that. I'll just leave it because I'd like us to keep that attitude of worship, um, so that we're just in that place where we can respond in faith to the things that God's perhaps been speaking to us about. When we start praying, when we start singing, I'll ask the, the any members of the worship team to co- so the prayer team to come forward. I just want to invite you you know if you would like them to pray about anything not big necessarily just anything it's good to pray with each other and take those steps of faith it raises faith it strengthens faith so just come forward as we sing um, maybe if our other elders would come as well just because I'm not sure how many people are away from the prayer team but pray, prayer team would come forward just come as we as we sing and then let's keep that attitude and go when you need to. Let's uh, be in in prayer. Maybe be aware of the person that you sat with or people. It may be somebody there would like you to pray with them. Just be available for that. Be uh, open. So let's pray and then we're going to sing and worship the Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you you are our perfect example and we ask lord that we would be able to follow your example so that lord we grow in faith we want to grow like you the one who was able through his attitude of day by day resting in god he was there walking with god his father trusting in him but then there were times lord jesus when you stepped out as it were you displayed your power, you exercised the acts of faith. We want, Lord, to do that. We want to be men and women, Lord, who are able to do exploits for you. But, Lord, we know that that starts with the small things, the daily things we face. So, Lord, help me, I pray, to grow in faith. Help us to be a church that is strong in faith, Lord, I don't know, some may be going through those storms at the moment, facing storms, or it feels that they're in the storm, or the waves are overwhelming them. And I pray, and we pray, that you would draw near to them. Help them to be strong in faith. Help them, Lord, to take hold of your promises, that your grace will be sufficient for them, that your grace will be all that they need to be able to work through what they're going through. Lord, we pray for that. May they be triumphant in that storm. And where you want to do this, Lord, would you quell the storm? Would you take that storm away? But Lord, whatever your will is in this, Lord, we thank you that your will is perfect. And so, Lord, we trust you. And we want to grow in our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's. Uh stand and we're going to sing and if the prayer team would